Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the chips in the B.C. It is Saturday, the 4th. Day of February, Anno Domini 2023, and you, <laughs> you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at eight minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose, kick off your shoes, don't get the blues. Here comes the news. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, uh, before I read this uh, news item, I, I want to wish you an apology. I got a uh, an email from a listener that led me on the trail of this story and very carefully saved that message in order to thank them, which, of course, I can't find now. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, where'd you save it? In Word? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, you didn't save it in Word. You saved it with Word. From Word, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, so I, whoever actually sent it, and I apologize, but we're going to talk a little bit about e-waste. With Windows 11 now here, there has been a lot of doom and gloom talk about the 2025 end of life for Windows 10. But between now and 2025, we first have to figure out what to do with a lot of computer hardware that can't run Windows 11. That's what I said last week. Oh, yeah. Over the next four years, a lot of Windows users will likely need to replace every machine that won't run Windows 11 with new hardware to ensure we're running secure systems. We don't recommend hanging on to old hardware and running it unpatched, except Dave, who does it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This leads us to... (laughs) But it's not... Wait a minute. Let's clarify it, though. He knows what he's doing. And it's also not hooked up to an internet. Right, exactly. This leads us to a big problem, dealing with the electronic waste we'll be generating. That waste comes in a variety of forms. First is the hard drive. Whenever I'm or any of us are retiring a computer or server from a network... Uh, we're most concerned about the hard drives. You can't just take a computer and throw it away. The data it holds uh, can include uh, a lot of sensitive information, especially if it's not encrypted. Next, we need to be aware of the potential for toxic waste that we generate with each computer we send to electronic waste facilities. As noted on the World Count's website, 40 million tons of electronic waste is generated a- every year. of e-waste going to landfills and incinerators is mostly burned, releasing toxins into the air. Electronics contain lead, which can damage the central nervous system and kidneys. A child's mental development can be affected by even low-level exposure to lead, uh, which is why we no longer paint with lead. Lead, E-waste contains hundreds of substances, many of them toxic. This includes mercury, lead, arsenic, cadmium, selenium, chromium, and various flame retardants. So, what to do with those old computers if you're not going to throw them away? Start thinking Linux and Chrome OS Flex. Both operating systems are free, as is most of the software that runs on them. And for the vast majority of people out there, either one will fulfill all your needs. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that is Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is e-waste is coming. Excuse me. In a world. Where e-waste is coming. Your choices are, uh, I'm looking at Linux, I'm looking at Flex, 
I'll just keep using it. I'll pass it to that brother-in-law I hate. Meh, I'll just chuck it. Who still uses Windows? And, of course, none of the above. So far, we've got 21 votes. And uh, who still uses Windows is uh, almost exactly half of it, followed by none of the above. One person will keep using Linux. Nobody's going to use Flex. But, yeah, I'm sure you'll have more to say about this. So give us, oh, 22 votes now. So give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free, 1-800-790-0415. We've got, uh, this is going to be, this is already a real problem. Yeah. I mean, we start out with a lot of of conflict material and a lot of uh, child labor material that goes into batteries and and uh, and computer components, and now at, that's at the front end, and now at the back end, we we just burn it and release all those toxins into the atmosphere. Well, the other issue, which is going to be the biggest problem, is for major companies, all of a sudden creating a budget and training to move all their computers from Windows. Oh, you think 11. you think they're going to do that? They're yeah. going to throw Windows eleven on the desk and say, "Here, right." Oh, this machine can't run Windows 11? Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, and especially for some folks that have turnkey systems. Right. That will only run on that, and it's going to cost them thousands of dollars more on top of the equipment to get the software converted to so that will also run. Right. I think that's going to go over like a lead balloon. Well, there's, there's look, point one, Microsoft simply doesn't care. How many how many companies are still running Windows Seven? Right, yeah. Microsoft doesn't care. Uh, Windows Seven gets no support unless you're paying massive amounts of money for it. Windows Ten is going to be in exactly the same boat. Um, so if you want to run an unsupported operating system that is not secure at all, and every known exploit is out there, then knock yourself out. But don't call anybody. The, uh, and this is Microsoft talking. Don't call us for support because we'll tell you move to Windows 11. And that's where they're actually helping push more companies to go to Linux because it's or old, Chromebooks or Chromebooks or, or Chromebooks. Yeah, I mean if it's up in the cloud, they put a server up in the cloud. They got a Chromebook. They can sit there and do everything through the cloud. Mm-hmm. Or if they go to Linux, which you can make it look like a Mac or a uh, Windows, Windows box right. that people don't know the difference. They got their icons on their desktop. That's all they really need to know. We've right. seen a lot of field service agents um, have already gone to iPads. Right. Instead of needing to carry around a laptop, it's even smaller and lighter than a laptop. And yeah. does everything you need to. And Well, that's it. People don't quite look. We're going to get calls from the fringe people. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. and I don't mean that in the nicest way. I mean, we're going to get calls from the people who absolutely must have some program that only runs on a Mac or only runs on Windows. Please listen to me carefully. We're not talking about you. We're talking about the vast majority of people out there who mostly use a browser and an email program. Keyword majority. Right. Not minority, majority. Right. If you're one of those people who absolutely cannot live without uh, Adobe Light something or whatever those programs are for photography or whatever, we're not talking to you. Uh, We're not. We're talking to the vast majority of people who use a browser 
and an email program, play a couple of games, most of them online, whatever that's all about. You don't need a Windows computer. Mm-mm. Chromebook you, will do you. You don't need a, a Linux computer. You don't need a Mac. You can do everything you need to do with a Chromebook or a tablet. Many mm-hmm. people can live with a tablet. Now, uh, the thing about a tablet is that if you do a lot of typing of one form or another, filling in forms or or whatever, uh, writing, you know, you're you're a writer, whatever. Then mm-hmm. yeah, you need a keyboard. Yeah. The, that's still a that's still a reality. Yeah, it'd be too too hard with a tablet. Not right, to, but um, it, it, you can get a tablet for I mean a keyboard for a tablet. Yeah, if you want. So mm, there, one right there, here. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of alternatives to getting a Windows machine, and depending on what company you get your Windows machine from, it's cheaper because you're not paying the Microsoft tax. Alternately, if you take a perfectly good Windows 10 machine and put Linux or Chrome OS Flex on it, it flies. Yeah. It flies. Xubuntu, I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, and again, you can set it up that it looks just like Windows. I've got the little button. I moved the toolbar down the lower left-hand corner so I can just click there and I see all my programs that uh, Xubuntu has. My favorites I've got out on the desktop that right. I'm using currently uh, all the time. And it works great. Yep, and it's easy enough to do. Um, you can have multiple. Uh, that's called a panel, that thing that, that has the menu on it and the time and all. It's yeah. called a panel. You can have multiple panels. I have all my favorites on a panel on the left side of my keyboard, of my screen. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've got more real estate left to write than you do. Top well, the to one nice thing, though, that I got out of you know, because I was getting so tired of Windows and going to Xubuntu, it forced me to look for other alternatives. And the one thing that was annoying me was QuickBooks. Yep, I love QuickBooks. I love it to death. But then all of a sudden, you know, once you bought the program, they moved away from that, and now they're doing yearly charges well now now it's even worse they're they're getting rid of the desktop app and you have to use a web app yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and uh and storage and and storage and annual uh charges yeah and it it used to be a hundred dollars and two hundred dollars and three hundred dollars now it's like six hundred and fifty dollars for one user for one year yep yeah so what i did is say oh the heck with that and i wound up discovering through linux money dance yep and oh wait Money Dance works on everything. It works on Linux, Chromebooks, Windows. <laughs> name, name yeah, it. Windows. It's a multi cross platform and it's been around for years and it looks just like QuickBooks. Yep. And it, oh, I paid, what was it? Uh, I think a whopping. Round it up. Yeah, 50 bucks. Yeah. 50 bucks for lifetime upgrades. Right. You anytime they upgrade uh, update the program because you've paid for it, boom, you got it. Otherwise, if you're just usually simple user, say for home or office, you know, modest use, you can just download the one version and be ticking along, and it works just like the standard old QuickBooks. Yep, uh, and and it's quite an amazing program, and there are lots of programs like that under Linux. Um, you can find alternatives to dang near everything. In fact. There's a website, alternatives. Uh, no, 
What is it? Alternative dot two. Yeah, alternative two. Um, interesting. I seem to have. Uh, here we go. I don't even know what that was about. <laughs> um, wow. Going crazy. Yeah, alternative two dot net. I knew it was something weird. Alternative two dot net. And then you, uh, you know, up in the upper right, there's a search box. You find an alternative to. Mm-hmm. And in, in your case, you put in, uh, uh, what you call it and got money dance out yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, quicken. Uh, quicken. And you got money dance out of it. And, and it's easy enough to do. They have, uh, uh, over a hundred thousand apps available. Um, and about, uh, almost a, a million opinions about and, those alternatives. And that's so, the other thing though. I discovered with Xubuntu, and I'm sure it's whatever flavor of Ubuntu right. you want to do, there are hundreds of thousands of programs out there that are alternatives to the ones that you're using on your Windows machine. You know, or just like folks say, oh, on my Chromebook, I can't do this because on my PC, I got to run this program. Well, there are apps that you can download because Chromebooks do. Uh, apps you can go to the uh, app store and download stuff that'll do that. Whether it's playing music or working with photos, it can still do it. Yep. There's there's again, if you are a professional photographer or a professional uh, accountant, no, you probably can't use these things. And you right. have clients you can build the expensive stuff too. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but if you're, you know, if you're ninety nine percent of the average human being, you can use these alternatives perfectly fine and and do everything you need to do without ever paying a penny. I've said this many times when I when I worked at RIT. Of course, we were a Microsoft shop. We're a business school. Uh, we were a Microsoft shop, but I wasn't. I was a, uh, an ex-Ubuntu guy, and I used um, uh, LibreOffice, uh, and nobody ever knew. Yeah. I could read everybody's uh, Word documents. I could write documents mm-hmm. that Word opened up. It was it was perfectly uh, transparent to everyone what I was doing. And that was not just Word, but Excel and PowerPoint as well. And they had the one feature before anybody else. And that was being able to take a document and convert it to PDF yep. so no, you could send it out and nobody could alter it, Yep. which it took the other companies a while to, oh, oh maybe we should have that. And one of the truly beautiful things that I loved about uh, um, uh, LibreOffice is that often faculty would come to me with a broken Word document, um, whatever they did, it did. Worked in the middle, and, and it was a real problem. So they'd bring it to me in Windows. When 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 Word, Microsoft Word, opens a document that's got an error in it, it just stops. It just throws up its hands. I can't. I can't do this. I'm sorry. LibreOffice, on the other hand, says, "Oh, can't do it from here to here, but I got the rest, so I could bring back ninety percent of a person's document, which made them." Ecstatic, and even if there's a hole in the middle, I got the front, I got the end. It'll, right, you're missing two everything pages in the middle. Yeah. Oh, well, that I can fix. The word will die if there's like one bit corrupt in right, the middle. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. Sometimes it was as much as a word. Yeah. Sometimes yep. it was an illustration. And so you know they would say, "Oh, I've got that picture." Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
good for you. Uh, go. Um, and so, yeah, I often, I often used, and of course now I will be happy to say it, but back then it was my deep, dark secret. Okay, I'll see what I can do, but I'm not going to promise. Yeah, they did. Half a minute. Didn't know. Half a minute later, I got it fixed, and two days later, I tell them I got it fixed. <laughs> you never get. You never promised a, a so, time date. So oh, it's, uh, Laddie, you didn't tell them how long it really take, did you? <laughs> how are you going to keep your reputation as a miracle worker? That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, um, there are a lot of alternatives that work just as well as the few programs you're used to. And many, 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 many of them are 100% free. So um, there's no reason not to give those things a try. And there's also no reason not to give us a call. 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free 1-800-790-0415. That's assuming you can unfreeze your phone. And I don't mean from anything electronic. I just mean from the temperature. So I put it in the oven. Perfect. They said my computer was frozen, so I put it in the oven for you know half an hour at 300 degrees. That's, that'll unfreeze it, right? That's right. <laughs> Better than microwave. Well, yeah, yeah, actually it is. <laughs> actually, it could be because it could, it could reflow the cold so- uh, solder joints. Right. <laughs> we used to take, uh, you know, laptops, the motherboards. You know, if they were acting up, Dan did this. He took it out, and uh, we had this one tray, and set it in our toaster oven. Yep. Turned it on, heated it all up, put it back together, and got it to work. Yeah, that happens. Some uh, Get the dead shorts or, you know, the cold solder solder. We do not recommend this to everyone, by the way. No. Not at all. (laughs) <laughs> what to anyone to anyone ever that's right but uh uh it can uh, things like that can work we've talked about i think we talked about this last week somebody had this problem um uh or sometime maybe it was sunday night oh and don't forget sunday nights at 9 p.m uh we have our lounge the soundbites lounge if you go to soundbites.org slash lounge uh which is also listed uh on the website you will see that we have a uh a lounge um, um, where you can join in our conversation uh, and ask questions or do whatever you want to do. We'll talk about all kinds of things. Uh, we do that. But first, we'll go to Gary from Rochester, New York. Hi, Gary. What's up? Hi. I've got three quick things. The first one is I wanted to give you some feedback about advice you gave me a long time ago, and I can review it for you. I live in a condo. i was on the board at the time, the board of managers, and we wanted to be able to set up hybrid meetings. It was during during the pandemic, and in my mind, the pandemic's still going on. And at any rate, a lot of people wanted to attend the meeting but not be there in person. And a suggestion you made was get a committee together to – of IT people or people who are just very hobbyists but know an awful lot. And I did talk to a number of individuals who gave us a lot of good advice. And long story short, what we decided to do was have Greenlight uh, put in another Wi-Fi station down in this community room where we have the meetings and just bought a big smart TV at a very modest price. 
and have there are so few people who attend the, on on the Zoom call that we can easily accommodate them by just having making it a Zoom meeting. And now that the uh, epidemic is abating a bit, there are more people come in person. But we solved it a lot more easily than getting a complicated hybrid system. Right. I got one quote from a very reliable company, and they did uh, came in with with a proposal for thirty five hundred bucks. But we did yeah, better by just buying a big wall TV, business level video conferencing. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I just want to chat with some people. Uh, <laughs> a little cheaper than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the model they had was. They, they, it was off the shelf, and I told them, please don't do some big custom job because we may not even buy it, and don't waste your time. So they had an off-the-shelf thing that they took right off the shelf. It, it had been for a law firm with about 27 attorneys, and they were spread around the state. So they needed a quite elaborate thing, and that was 3500 bucks, and we decided not to take it but thank you very much for your advice and we got off with a cheap tv and one more green light wi-fi station well i'm glad that worked for you yeah 50 50 bucks a month so we did all right good the second thing is speaking of windows and windows 10 i opened my computer to updates and security and they're trying to download uh, a preview of a Windows 10 22H2. I'll, I'll stay on the line. Yeah, stay on the line. This is a, uh, we, we have to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, Gary from Rochester, and you. It is 29 minutes after the hour. You are listening to the longest running computer show in the known universe. That would be Sound Bites. Right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we, with your help, remain member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 35 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites, and we have Gary. Well, before that... Oh, hold, hold on. I um, want to thank Rick Presley uh, for the donuts. Thanks, Rick. Longtime listener. Came in this morning to get an iPad and bought us donuts. God bless you, Rick. <laughs> Thanks. We appreciate it. Said he'd get a kick out of it if I mentioned it on the air. Well, and, and well, you should, and we are we are honored and delighted. Thank you very much. And now let's go back to Gary uh, from Rochester, New York. Well, I'm... Sorry, I can't give you any donuts, but I've got a few more questions. Yeah, not a problem. Okay. Um, I, behind my back, almost, that I have a, a Windows 10 computer, 22H2, and I was starting to say I checked update and security, and an update, a cumulative update preview for the NET network of uh, 22H2 is already downloaded, and I don't want it because it, I'm scared to death of any update 
preview because it's probably making me a beta tester, as you have pointed out in the past. How can I keep them from installing that? I'm at a point now where it says pending restart. Uh, it's already installed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it wants to restart to finish the, the install. Yeah. That's- um, you should be able to go into uh, Windows Update. Right. Now you may have to let it finish installing first, yeah, and then yeah. uninstall it. All right. Um, and then there is a program um, called Never Ten, uh, written by Steve Gibson, uh, for people who never wanted to upgrade to Windows Ten. <laughs> he has expanded it now for Windows Eleven, oh. so you can freeze your OS at its current level, and you can control whether you want system you know, critical updates, which you do, yeah. or feature updates, which you usually don't. Right. Right. And I will post a link to that as well now. All right. But for thank you. Um, for for now, after the show, I'll I'll go in and right. uninstall it. And the third question is uh, relating to technology, not exactly to a computer, but our ISP that is for my my home does also include a landline phone, which we keep. We're very old school. and But this company is, in this month, is rather than having copper wire landline phones, they're really going to fiber optic. And the problem with that for me is that in the event of a power outage, I won't have a phone. We've got two battery-operated radios, but I'd like to have a phone as well. A tech from the ISP company said there is a charger you can buy that will keep your phone going for about 24 hours. Would you know what that would be or what? Uh, There are a lot of uh, what are called uninterruptible power supplies, UPSs, that um, are varying levels of, of power, right, or, or sizes of batteries yeah. is really the word. Do you word. want 10 minutes or do you want 10 days? Right, right, yeah. right. And so you can buy whichever one you want, and uh, I'm assuming your phone sits in some sort of charger normally? Well, yes. Yes, yeah. it does. It, well, it plugs into the wall anyway. Yeah. That's so, correct. Yeah, and so it would plug into the UPS, and the UPS would plug into the wall, and normally it would run just fine. And then if there is a, 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 a blackout, if the power cuts out, then the battery it's – like, it's like a laptop. Um, if, the, if the power cuts out, the battery kicks in, and depending on what size you bought, it lasts for a day, two days, three days, whatever it is. And the, well, the other side of that is you also need to have a UPS on your um, routers, That's your, right. your internet router, right. your Wi-Fi router, um, if you have a switch involved. So yeah. if, if your telephone uh, router is next to your internet router, Spectrum will often have two bo- three, telephone router, internet router, wireless router. Right. <laughs> so you could have three boxes. All of those could be on um, a single uh, UPS. So if the power in the house fails, that keeps working. And then your telephone handsets, 
would need another UPS. Yes, they would. Or wherever they are in the house, so, right? Or, right? Or keep one hand one, one handset in your wiring closet with right. the rest of the right. the UPS stuff. So or, at least in an emergency, you've got at least one phone that works. Yeah. Or if you don't want to go to all that, you can pick up the cheap burner phones now for emergencies that you could you know have. Well, right. you, yeah, you can use your cell phone. For cell phones, um, you know, for uh, calls until the cell phone battery dies, right. and then you can charge it from a UPS. So UPSs oh. are really good to have for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, it sound, sounds it. What I was worried about cell phones are they are a radio signal, and they depend on on the. Uh, I don't want to call them aerials, but I yeah, think, the antenna. Yeah, basically the cell phone tower. Yeah. So if if your house loses power, but it's not that widespread an outage. The cell tower is probably still working. Yeah, but and most of them have a, a battery backup as yeah. well yeah. for you know twenty four hours or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you may, you may the the last huge blackout, you know, northeast blackout we had here. There was a lot of all circuits are busy. Yeah. Uh, so the so the 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 UPSs on the cell towers might only handle a hundred calls instead right. of the hundred thousand calls they normally do. Well, yeah. and and it, that happens in any blackout. Yeah. Um, um, I know that uh, at nine eleven I was in Philadelphia, and uh, and you know at the at the at the beginning there was supposed to be a plane coming down in Philadelphia and was it was you know whatever. And so everybody was calling yep. home to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, I couldn't get through to my wife and daughter for about four hours. Yep. Uh, yeah. But that's not that's not because there was a blackout. That's just because everybody was calling. Yeah, that's panicking. Right. Okay, well, thank you so much. And keep up the good work. And I know you've got a fundraiser this spring, and I'll become a member again. That's what we like to hear. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, yep. Gary. Bye-bye. And, yes, you can uh, you can join us as a member uh, any time in the year. You don't have to wait for the fun drive, although uh, many, many people do, and that's fine. Um, you can do that right at jazz901.org and click the Donate Now button. And, of course, you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299, toll-free 1-800-790-0415. And I will read if I can get my hands to yeah. work. One of the things that we've run into with UPSs is, is yeah. they they typically will have a lead acid battery. Yes, um, because that's more. It's cheaper. It's cheaper and it's <laughs> efficient isn't the right word, but it, it doesn't have the like the 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 issues of lithium batteries in the dendrites when you dend- overfill yeah, it right. and all that nonsense. Yeah, but sometimes. Especially an inexpensive UPS. So for a hundred bucks, you get a decent UPS that will power your equipment for fifteen or twenty minutes. Enough time for you to shut it down. Right. Uh, when the battery dies after four or five years, it's it's like eighty bucks for a new battery. Right. So you, you often end up just getting a whole new UPS because then you get a new warranty and you get all whatever new features they've put into them. I had to buy a, U, a new UPS because the old UPS I could not get the new. I bought a new battery yep. for it. Could not get it into the case. The Push way harder. the the way the very yeah. thick cables were. Yep. I couldn't do the origami. Vaseline? Uh, even that. <laughs> I tried. Don't think I didn't try it. Sometimes what you can do is uh, with a heat gun, yeah. soften them up and or soften the wall fun. of the UPS so you can spread it out. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, you can uh, literally heat up the uh, the cabling and make it more flexible. We have yep. to do that quite often with 
uh, some of the cabling that I use. Yep. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Ed from Henrietta, New York. Hi, Ed. What's up? Yeah, hi, gentlemen. I just want to ask you a question if uh, you think something's wrong with my phone or it's the website. I've been trying for about a week to um, subscribe to the year's supply of NPASS, and uh, I click on everything. I do everything right. I come to the uh, subscribe uh, page and hit the subscribe <clears throat> link. Nothing happens. It freezes. So I sent them two uh, emails, and I got two work orders back. Oh, yes, we'll get back to you in a couple of days. That never happened. And I called somebody, and I got uh, his name is Vishnu in customer service, and he gave me his email address, and I told him what happened, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we'll get on it right away. Nothing. So I don't know if it's my phone or if there's something in their website that won't let them take money, which is weird, you know, if you wanted to subscribe. So I just wanted to see what you thought. No, I think it uh, – well, I certainly know that in general um, they, they will happily take your money. And mm-hmm. you can you – can go to their web page on a computer and subscribe too. Right, right. Um, as opposed to doing it through your phone. So um, you might try that. I don't... Uh, it, what phone do you have? I got an Android uh, number nine. But uh, this is the first time I haven't been able to uh, subscribe to anything. And, um, you know, it, I just... Uh, it wouldn't be Android's... Um, 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 you have to buy it from the subscribe inside the play store well right I've versus subscribe exactly. from inside an app right. yep yep i did that i got their app up and everything and everything clicks off fine and it gives you the options and they, it's the first year's like a buck a month i said gee how can you go on right that? right right and uh you know they got a lot of bells and whistles in there which is nice and you come to the it's it's, it's bizarre because usually they'll tell you to bang it'll take it right away they have my card in there but it's an old mastercard the four digits are different, but there's an arrow you can click on that, and you can usually change, like a Walmart or whatever, change your card number if you get a new one. This one, just it just freezes when you come to that, uh, whether you click on the card number to change it or hit on the subscribe, the subscribe button. It just, uh, you know, so I told them about it, and the guy said, oh, we'll get on it right away, et cetera. And they sent me a couple of responses back with work order numbers, and that was a week ago. And, uh, you know, I'd make another one, but I'd just get another work order, and they just uh, made me real busy. But I thought, gee, a company that, that has problems like that, do you think they'd jump on that right away? It may not be widespread, so that may be hard for them to track down why yours isn't working when millions of other people are. Right. You may want to go on the NPASS website. They have a discussion forum you can log in uh, to and ask questions. Uh, and you can even subscribe to the subscription uh, on the on their uh, on the web page. Now, when yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. When you go to do it and they give you the wrong password, excuse me, the wrong credit card, is that coming from NPASS or is that coming from your Android phone? No, when you when you go into their uh, their you know uh, link to the web the Play Store to do it like they tell you to. Um, you can click on everything goes fine until you come to the end and subscribe as you know agree to their terms et cetera et cetera cookies whatever and then you come to the the last page and um, when you pull it up all it wants you to do is hit the subscribe button so I said well maybe I you know I hit the subscribe button I can change my card later you know and get the right card right. number so if it goes through they kick it out and say well we can't you know blah 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 well what but it, no this won't do nothing it just just freezes what right? you because might want to do is in the in the Google Play Store, you can set your credit card, 
And what it sounds like is you've got an old credit card set. So if in the Play Store you go in and set the new credit card, then when you go to buy NPass, it will use the new credit card. No, no, that might. Uh, yes, I see. Because the the new one, the old one's already in there. So it normally that's happened before, and I think. Uh, Walmart had one. And right, right, but the, every company is different. So if you set the correct credit card in um, Google Play Store, then right. it should work just fine for NPass. So I've got a, um, also I've got a Chromebook, uh, and I might try it on that because I've been doing everything through my phone. It's more convenient. Sure. I'll try it through the, uh, the Chromebook to see if uh, that might, might help. So, yeah, that's a good point. I'll go into the Play Store and see. So when you open up the Play Store, um, would that be on on NPass's page where you can change your No, that's card? in the Play Store itself on the Google Play app. And there'd be an account uh, account settings, and under that should be a payments uh, option. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, right so I just opened up the Play Store on my phone. And, uh, yeah, you, you – no, not now. Thank you very much. Um, you should – yeah, you should be able to click on your face – and then uh, uh, take that down to payments and subscriptions and payment methods and put, you know, remove your old card, old card and put in your new card. I see. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. And then that's, that's, uh, this is a stupid question. That's safe and everything with the, uh, the lock and whatnot. It's, um, you know, the, that's part of their... Um, and, it, safe and it's as safe as the password you have for your Google account. Right. Yeah. So you want yeah. that to be okay. good. I might be good. Okay, good. It's a good idea. I'll try it. Thanks for your help now. Yep, thanks. Yeah, the the issue with so many of these things is there's multiple places where you can put this stuff, and you have to get the right one. And that's what might be causing his error, because it's right. trying to process the old credit card, right. and it's coming back but but then he should get an error message. It shouldn't just he stop. He should, but does it always mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think if he if he gets his new credit, it, it makes sense to take your old credit card out anyway. Yeah. yeah. Whether that is the solution or not, but um, that's the way to do it. And Quite then, often, if that's the default, by, you know, right. it's and, trying to do it and go its merry way and uh, evidently uh, past can't handle it. Right. And so if that's the issue, this will solve it. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't solve it, then he's right. He should go to his Chromebook and do it all through the web interface yeah. where it will ask him for his credit card and he can give it the new one. And then that should be fine. Yep. So, yeah, there's a there's a whole uh, uh, there's a whole issue there with uh, with where is the error being generated? And it's really not being generated by NPASS, it sounds like in this case. It sounds like it's actually being generated. The error is being generated by Google Play uh, having the old credit card. So that should fix it. All right. Um, I think I will read this story. There are a lot of stories these days about AI, artificial intelligence, and how it's going to ruin everything from teaching to news. And like everything else on the Internet, much of it is scary, much of it is wrong, and some of it is dead on. OpenAI's ChatGPT, one of the best-known AI text generators, just set the record for the fastest-growing user base in history. An estimated 100 million active monthly users in a mere two months. By comparison, TikTok took nine months to reach 100 million monthly users, and Instagram took about two and a half years. 
Teachers note that any student can use ChatGPT to write papers, and CNET has revealed they've been using ChatGPT for months to write some of their news articles. For those of you who are curious, I use ChatGPT to write several blog posts about tech subjects. You can read the absolutely unedited results at asknick.com slash blog. And all you need to use this is a ChatGPT account, which so far at least is free. And you'll see that those are not bad. Not bad at all. You know, and like I said, I I did no editing. I just put them up as they are. Mm-hmm. Microsoft said it plans to integrate various open AI technologies throughout its product lineup, but one entrepreneur has already put chat chat GPT into Microsoft Word and he's eyeing additional Microsoft products next. This add-in for Microsoft Word called Ghostwriter allows users to query OpenAI's ChatGPT in a Word sidebar and watch content generated by the natural language chatbot unfurl directly in the document they're drafting. It's gotten a blessing from Microsoft, and and uh, Ghostwriter is already available inside the Office add-in store. comes in a basic edition, $10 one-time fee. Uh, that offers all available, uh, excuse me, that uses ChatGPT and limits responses to about two paragraphs. And a Pro Edition $25 one-time fee that offers all available OpenAI language models and a configurable response length. Users also need that free OpenAI account for an API key to make calls to the OpenAI service. Google just unveiled an AI program that generates music from text descriptions. It's called Music LM. A user enters a short phrase into the system that describes the music you want, including different music styles, instruments, or other existing sounds. For example, a continuous calming violin backed by a soft guitar sound or a 10-second YouTube intro in a techno style. Google's researchers said they plan to keep improving the system to include lyrics generation, text conditioning, and better voice and music quality. It's not available to the public just yet, but the samples available so far are pretty interesting. Hmm. In fact, there's a whole slew of AI uh, apps available for a variety of things, you can see a bunch of them at futuretools.io. So are you interested in AI? Give our live crew, as far as you know, a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free, 1-800-790-0415. Yeah, I used, uh, I used uh, ChatGPT um, to write a, a series of, of tech articles, um, uh, blog posts, rather, um, um, and uh, the the results are actually pretty doggone interesting. They're not a hundred percent, but it, I wrote a half a dozen blog posts. And how much training did you have to do for it? None. It's all done. It's all done for you. So, so I went in and said, so you know, write an article to the level of an eighth grader on X, or write a level to the uh, 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 a blog post. Uh, to the level of a tech expert on why, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you say, uh, and, and you can say, include these points or whatever you want to do, and off it goes. Um, um, uh, we had a discussion about this uh, um, uh, last week or the week before, either in the Soundbleach Lounge or the Ask Nick Lounge. Um, one of our one of our uh, listeners is a is a is a writer, and he was saying, you know, uh, it's going to take over. I said, well, fine. It's going to be a long time before it takes over. But uh, what's really interesting is I know a number of people who are using it as a writer's block fixer. You know, you say so you're writing oh, yeah. your writer's block. You think you're looking at that empty page and you say, what do I want to write next? And you can say to ChatGPT, give me 10 ideas for a short story 
uh, a science and fiction short story about first contact. And it'll give you 10 ideas. And you can think, oh, that one sparked something in me. Now I can now, you know, I've broken yeah. my writer's block. I can write that. Um, yeah, so even like if a it, Kickstarter, like a Kickstarter, it, it doesn't have to do the writing for you, mm-hmm. but it can help you, uh, you know, get things get things going. There was something kind of similar in the um, audiobook world a few years ago, where audiobooks have been traditionally read by voice actors, right? Um, <clears throat> and there was a big thing for a while where some of the OSs added a, a text to speech option. So you could have your book read. You, you so you could get the textbook and have it read by the uh, OS. And so one of the large um, electronic book companies um, uh, intentionally disabled that in their app. Right. Um, and so there was a, there was a kind of a mess that went through the the um, um, authors guild and the the uh, uh, whatever whichever the union is for voice actors versus you know, uh, screen actors. And uh, I remember Will Wheaton. Did on uh, did a blog entry about he read a, a passage with the passion and enunciation that a voice actor would do versus the same passage by you know the the robot in right. your phone and it was just horrible and most people wouldn't use the robot in their phone but for for some some people especially in the in the blind community that's their only interaction yeah. right 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 um, yeah if you listen to for example. Uh, Stephen Fry or or Jim Broadbent reading yep. uh, the Harry Potter books, and then you listen to the uh, uh, robot do it. It is a very, very different experience. The robots are getting better. The robots are getting better. And um, um, the, I can still tell, however, when, uh, uh, for example, a YouTube <coughs> video is being I read. That. Oh, I hate Especially it. Especially the bad robot. I stop. I stop listening. I don't care how good the subject matter yep. is. I don't care how interesting it is. I cannot listen to it. And if it's just reading the subtitles that are on the screen, I can read that myself. I don't need you to horribly <laughs> read it for me. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but AI is, is getting better. Um, uh, and uh, there are a lot of uses for it that don't involve plagiarism or stealing or... You know, any of that nonsense. All right. That music tells us, and, and I got to tell you, those future tools, we'll talk about those when we come back. Um, that music tells us that we are done with the first hour of this show. You have wasted an entire hour of your life with this nonsense, but I know you. You're not that smart. You're ready to do it again. So don't go away. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes with a whole lot more of the longest running computer show in the known universe. More Dave Enright, more Steve Ray, way too much Nick Francesco, and you. It is 59 minutes after the hour. We are the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That means we are Soundbites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that with your continued support, we remain solely member-supported Jazz 90.1. Take that quick bio break. But remember to come back. We'll be back in just a few minutes with a whole lot more sound bites. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. On Facebook at Jazz 901 FM. 
Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at five minutes after the hour, we're hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Soundbites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. And you can give us a call, 585, excuse me, man, I don't remember eating that, (laughs) 585-966-JAZZ, that's 966-5299, toll-free 1-800-790-0415. Zero four one five, And in the meantime, I will read some news. Uh, grandfathered in Legacy G Suite users got a scare recently when another new transition message started popping up in the Google Admin Console. The transition to Google Workspace has started, said the new message that suddenly appeared in people's accounts. This was after Legacy G Suite users went through a contentious transition last year where Google's opening position involved shutting down their accounts if they didn't start paying, but eventually it was talked into not doing that. A Google spokes robot said that the workspace transition message this time was a bug that surfaced an old banner from earlier in the process last year, and our team is working on removing it. More changes are not happening at this time. At this time. Mm-hmm. And those who previously opted in for personal use are not expected to take any further action. So calm down, everybody. It's just a bug. I know that's a shock. That's great because legacy G Suite users have gone through enough already. To recap, Google currently offers businesses the option to pay a monthly fee for a Google Gmail account uh, that ends in a custom domain name instead of at gmail.com. So you could have, you know, Fred at Fred.com. Um, today, this is called Google Workspace, but due to Google's constant rebrands, it was first called Google Apps for your domain, then Google Apps, and then G Suite. Google's custom domain, but now it's Google Workspace. Google's custom domain service was not always paywalled and not always exclusively aimed at businesses. It was free from 2006 to 2012. Uh, Google even pitched these accounts to families as a way to let everybody have a similar email address. Some people did so, which means today they are getting a paid service for free. Last year, Google's accounting department turned its eye of Sauron on these long-term users and threatened to take away their nearly 16-year-old accounts if they didn't start paying a business rate for these formerly free and not necessarily business accounts. I like $7 per month per user. Right. After a public outcry, Google eventually left these legacy G Suite accounts alone after making users confirm that they were using their accounts for non-business purposes. After that, everything was settled. Until this new message that popped up yesterday, suggesting they would have to move to another new service. Even though Google says it's an error that users could see this message, Actually, following the prompt would lead you to another error message about Google Workspace for personal use, which is a product that doesn't even exist. (laughs) Workspace has tiers like Business Starter and grandfathered-in users are using the legacy G Suite. But Workspace for personal use is not a thing. Um, Yet, at least. Maybe this is, uh, yeah, right. What's coming. Right. Apparently, this was all beta branding for the original plan last year, and somehow it all got published again. This week. So calm down, citizen, and put down those torches and pitchforks. 
Still up in arms? Give us a call. Five, it's not that we can do anything about it. Give us a call. 585-966-JAZZ. That's well, 966-5299. Toll free 1-800-790-0415. doesn't mean that there still couldn't be something coming on the horizon that, you know, they're just uh, maybe, oh, accidentally on purpose it got leaked out. Right. That's a, oh. certainly a possibility. But at the moment at least... That error message is not true. Well, so many places are trying to come up with creative ways to make money. Right. Because every place is trying to do cutbacks. You know, I mean, in all phases New of business streams. and everything else, they're, right. you know, they're it's poor times right now. Right. With prices going up high and everything else. Well, I mean, let us, let us yeah. remember that because these are publicly traded companies, we are not the customer. The shareholder is the customer. Yep. We are the product. And the customer wants more revenue. But uh, but you think to get more revenue, you would make happier customers to get more customers. The customers are happy. <laughs> We're the product. Right. So to, so to get more people paying for Google services, they should make people happy to get them. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is there are so many free services now. Yeah. I can get a free account anywhere. I can use all kinds of different free software to write and and compute and uh, add yep. things and whatever it is, create presentations, all of that stuff. Um, why would I pay any one company for that if I am a casual user? Yeah, if I'm a business user and my whole business is doing stuff and and we can get into the uh, the real business stuff that Google does um, in terms of things like uh, um, workspaces and all that, you know, that stuff, then great. Pay for it. You're a business. It's part of your business expense. I get that. Yep. But when it's just me or just, you know, me and my family, why would I pay for that when I can get 99.9% of that for free? Mm-hmm. And so... And- um, that's the problem they have. And because it used to be free and now it isn't anymore, that's really upsetting to a lot of people. Yeah, right, right. That sounds like bait and switch. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is James from Rochester, New York. What's up, James? Oh, hi. My question is about battery life. I have a Dell, very good Dell laptop, about a year and a half old. And I'm just starting to notice that the battery life, obviously, when I unplug it and take it in the other room, is slowly not as long as it used to be. How long uh, does a normal battery last on something like that before I should consider replacing it or getting a spare? Depends on your usage. And there's no real such thing as a normal battery yeah you know most of apple's batteries are rated for a thousand recharge cycles uh in uh five years so or no uh three years so that's about charging it once a day um gives you that uh you know 360 charges a year but every manufacturer is different and the size of the battery is different on how many charge cycles it can take um there are programs you can get that will tell you the charge capacity of your battery because that's that's sort of the the key factor that when you get a battery it has a charge capacity of 100 percent and say it lasts for 10 hours Mm -hmm. and then five years later 100 percent charge 
only lasts for an hour because the charge capacity is down to 10%. And it also depends on what he's doing with it. You know, if yeah, you're using it, it for gaming or, which you just, know. Yeah, that'll just discharge it faster. <laughs> but gen- generally, three to five years is, is pretty common for a laptop battery life. Yeah, two years. It's just, I know it's just slowly not as much. Yep. I unplug it every day and use it for a couple hours. And then, obviously, I recharge it every night like that. I'm going on two years. Yeah. And uh, I was just curious. Uh, so I will slowly see it not as much. Right, and that's the way the lithium-ion batteries work mm-hmm. is that they slowly lose their capacity. And so the, the 100% of charge is lower and lower time. We, we get people come in, well, my battery said it was 100% charge, but it lasted five minutes. Because that's what 100% is now. Right, right. Yeah. Um, they are beginning to discover that one of the problems with batteries, uh, lithium-ion batteries and, and many others, as a matter of fact, is that when you charge them to 100%, there's a thing called dendrites that happen. And dendrites are basically uh, little bits of gunk that that accumulate on either the anode or the diode, I forget, uh, one end or the other of the battery. And eventually that's what drives the battery capacity down. You get more dendrites. And they eventually touch from the anode to the cathode, causing a a short circuit, um, which then reduces the storage capacity. Right. You You can help that. By only and not, uh, with a new battery, not with an old battery, but with a new battery, if you only charge it to say eighty percent, uh-huh. the uh, the dendrites either don't form or form much smaller and much more slowly, so you get more life out of that battery. That's why there are a lot of um, phone programs that will notify you that you've reached eighty percent. That's why a lot of electric car batteries have a thing that says uh, only charge it yeah. to this extent. And some companies are um, uh, uh, building that into their charging system. So I've, I've seen a couple of new batteries I get from Apple, and it says it's at 110% capacity because it's rated. It has more than it's rated for so that when you get to 100% charge, it isn't really 100% of charge. It's just people like seeing that 100% label on their computer. So you're not overcharging it all the time. Yeah, my yeah, I've heard that also. It, I'm thinking of buying a spare just to have. Would you recommend uh, I get this from Dell, the original type battery, or a secondary company that if there's somebody better, I don't know. Well, if you're going in another room, why don't you just plug it in another room? Yeah, I I should do that, but just, I, I mean, I, you, you know, know, and just use it off battery when you're going actual portable, you know, into say taking it out to go to the library or you know out to a coffee shop or somewhere else. And there's there's kind of a catch twenty two with batteries is that if you don't use them, they wear out, um, and if you use them, they 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 wear out wear a little out. faster. So if you don't need a new battery yet, I wouldn't buy one yet because if it it hangs around for six, eight, ten months, then it's already losing some of its life yep. before you've actually started. All right, good advice. Okay, thank you. I'll just do that and not buy anything yet 
and just keep an eye on it. Yeah. Okay, and thank you. The other thing you can do is if you if your battery is removable and if you're leaving it plugged in all the time, uh-huh. take it out. Take the battery out. Once it's charged, take it out. And then if you're going to go into another room with it, put it back in. Oh, I've never done that, but maybe I should do that. It, not every laptop lets you take the battery yeah. out anymore, but if it does, that's one thing to try. And if you're going to store your batteries for any length of time, discharge them to about 50% uh-huh. um, and put them in the freezer. <laughs> oh, right. really? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right, thanks. And I generally like recommending either the either the OEM original batteries or a, a higher tier battery maker. One of the problems is is that you'll find there are batteries that are 100 bucks and you can buy the same battery for 10 bucks on, you know, the big A word. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh that $10 battery is going to be worth about 1/10 of its of of what the the real battery would be, there's there, sometimes things are just too cheap because they're not well made. Uh, they don't have the overcharging circuitry built into them, so you can overcharge it and catch fire. It's uh it's pretty interesting. Yeah, we we recommend with something as potentially problematic, if not actually lethal. Yeah. As a, uh, um, yeah, it's interesting. I can't do this. All right. Um, as as potentially lethal as a battery, that it is not necessarily a bad idea to uh, to buy the real thing. One of the uh, airplane um, uh, companies I, I I follow, Flight Test, they just released a video showing a battery explosion, and then they tested one of the commercial battery. Uh, uh, recharging boxes so you're supposed to recharge your batteries in this box so if the battery fails the box contains it and it was uh, it was pretty interesting to see yeah the box contained it let some of the smoke out but the big leaping flames it it kept inside that box and so it didn't burn your house down all right back to the phones our next caller is jack from pittsburgh new york what's up jack hey uh i think i'm doing something wrong i got a um an older laptop i don't even know what brand it is I keep it plugged in all the time. My wife says, "No, no, you're supposed to let it out, unplug it, and let the battery work." So, what do you, what do you guys say? Um, I, well, as we just said, if you're going to leave it plugged in all the time, if you can take the battery out, do that. Yeah. And if you cannot uh, take the battery out, don't leave it plugged in all the time. There is a yeah. your man, the battery manufacturer will will give you the 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 recommendations for their type of battery. Uh, oh, yeah. But most of the time, it's it's that catch twenty two. You leave it plugged in, and it stays charged. Some laptops will recognize you leave it plugged in all the time and not charge it fully, and right. then uh, they they learn your habits. Yeah. Same thing with phones; they learn your habits. So if you if you you plug your phone into charge overnight and you get up at nine to you know to to to, to go to work and start using your phone again, the phone won't charge until nine. Because it doesn't want to stay uh, sitting there fully charged all overnight, um, and but but then on the other half, if you leave it charged all the time and never use it, the chemistry um, uh, needs needs some action. You got to get those uh, lithium ions moving, and so charging and discharging once a month or so uh, is what uh, what Apple recommends um, uh, for their batteries. But okay. uh, depends on on your manufacturer and what they recommend with their batteries. So gotcha. leaving them plugged in all the time is bad. Um, uh, charging them, uh, discharging them all the time is bad <laughs> for different reasons. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's all I need. Uh, I 
Uh, by the way, now I owe my wife twenty dollars. Oh, okay, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much. Tell her we expect our cut. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah, it's uh, batteries are one of those technologies that is so ubiquitous, we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of danger in batteries, and yeah. you need to treat them with some respect. Yep. Um, again, uh, um, I've, I charge my phone to 80%, and on my phone, it's just an app that notifies me when charge reaches 80%, so it doesn't stop it automatically. Some phones, it, it, there are programs that will stop it automatically. Uh, um, you can, I think there are some you can get for laptops, although I haven't really looked into that in a while. And like I said, a lot of um, uh, electric cars have a, you can set, you know, how how much battery you, how much of the battery will charge. Yep. Um, and the, the recommendation across the industry is approximately 80%. Now, that obviously varies a little bit from battery to battery, uh, but once you hit 80%, apparently that's when you start building up those dendrites, which are what eventually uh, lower the capacity and eventually kill the battery. So uh, charging up to 80%, I I think everybody should probably uh, look for a program for their phones that gives them that, that... um, notification. Uh, mine's uh, very simply called battery charge notifier. <laughs> wow! Very creative. Wow! Um, and it's a it's a blue icon uh, with a white uh, plug uh, in the middle. If you're looking for one, that's for Android. I'm sure there's a, well, a similar. It's built into the iPhone. It's a built into the iPhone. Yeah. So, um, but there are third party apps. Uh, the biggest one is Coconut Battery. That right. will manage uh, and show you your battery uh, charge state. Nice. So, uh, yeah, and and if you can find something along that line uh, for your laptop, uh, it's probably not a bad idea to do that. Now, we were talking earlier about UPSs and how uh, most of them use uh, lead-acid batteries. Lead-acid batteries don't have that problem. Yep. So that's one of the reasons they use lead-acid batteries. They are charging constantly but so what? It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't have an impact on them. One of the newer things that's uh, hitting the market right now, which are pretty powerful, are these new solar charging units. Yep. And it's maybe about, uh, I'd say, six by eight yep. in size, and they're about an inch thick. But they got solar panels on them, and you can. Charge it that way, just having it set right there, and you can plug in your devices into the Type-C connections and then USB. So say you are using your laptop out in the road and that, and, you know, your battery's starting to go, you can plug it into one of these, and they're not that expensive, and they'll power your laptop right on up so you can keep going for a few hours. I've seen a lot of that with uh, outdoor uh, surveillance cameras. Um, we don't have to charge the battery and, uh, uh, or run electricity to your outdoor surveillance camera. They'll have a little solar panel on them to, to keep it working. Right. And, and again, that's perfectly fine, uh, except that if, if it's charging a lithium ion battery, eventually it will kill the battery. Yep. yep. And okay. I mean, that's just the way it works. Right. Um, 
We see that, you know, you can get those those little lawn ornament things or Solar whatever. Solar-powered ones, you know, yeah. ten, ten, you know, 10 for $10 and, and they last six months. Right, right, right. <laughs> or you buy one for $20, it lasts a year. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Um, but, yeah, those those will – and that's that's a large part of what the problem is. They, they uh, have no management uh, in them, management circuitry in them. It's not that we don't get any sun here. Well, it's not that. No, I mean that's why they die so early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the lack of sun. Uh, yeah. Um, but and and many of them don't need a lot of. It used to be if it wasn't in direct sunlight, they weren't charging. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that was. But now they're becoming more efficient. Used to be they were ten percent efficient. Now I think they're up to twenty. Solar panels are getting so cheap. Yeah. And so small and flexible, it's unbelievable. The problem is when they do wear out. They're not easily recyclable, or apparently they're not easily recycled. Right, right, right. So that's a big complaint about both wind turbines and solar farms, is that when they wear out, they usually just get you know buried in a landfill. Right, and that's part of that e-waste issue we were yeah. talking about earlier. Um, it, it costs more to recycle it than it does to make a new one out of ore that you've already dug out of the ground. That's right. Doesn't doesn't make sense. Right. Um, but, yeah, so, um, you know, one thing you want to do is is be aware that uh, if you're one of the, I had a um, uh, phone that I charged every night, and it died after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. My wife had the identical phone and only charged it, you know, and then took it off the charger. And hers lasted years longer than mine. Yep. Uh, and it, and uh, it has a lot to do with, again... Uh, charge it to 100% and you and you stress out the battery. Yeah. The EPA has a website on solar panel recycling and how to recycle them and where to recycle them. All right, EPA. Nice nice EPA. All right, back to the phones. The next caller is Ed from Central Pennsylvania. What's up, Ed? Hey, a couple of questions for you. Um, first of all, I, some time ago, you had mentioned some site where you could go to uh, to try out the various flavors of Linux. You had mentioned you could try them out, and you said something about the site was a little bit slow, but still it would let let a person try them out. Could you tell me that site again? Uh, not off the top of my head. Let's quick research because uh, we lost all our links. How to yeah, test any Linux distro without installing the Linux distro? <laughs> Distrotest.net, apparently. That makes uh, makes perfect sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's Distrotest. Dot net. Steve, we'll put a yep. link in our uh, in our site. We're rebuilding our uh, our link list. Uh, the link is gone. The link is gone. Uh huh. At least on my side, I got a I got a blank WordPress uh, junk ad. Oh yeah, sale on Amazon. Okay, we'll uh, we'll look we'll look into that. I apparently don't have an answer right now. I found yeah, I found a uh, um, make use of um, website on how to do this. Well, a lot of the versions you can download, burn it to a DVD, and put it in your DVD, you know, have your machine boot to the DVD drive, and it will allow you not to install, but to test drive it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I'm considering buying a desktop soon, and from one of the major manufacturers, and I have the uh, option of getting Ubuntu instead of Windows, probably 11. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember you had mentioned something about have to be careful about the different versions of Linux 
Is that a problem? Like, if I would get Ubuntu and I would want to go with, like, ex-Ubuntu, which uh, you recommend, Nick, is that a problem? Or no. Something no. That I wouldn't. It's not that you have to be careful. It's that you want to test the various ones. And the beauty of Linux, as opposed to Windows or a Mac, in Linux, you get to pick your user interface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read about that. I did a little reading online, and I see that some of these versions have those different interfaces. So. Right. Interested in trying that out, and you can in fact have multiple interfaces loaded simultaneously and set it up so that when you boot up, you pick the one you want to play with. Uh huh. That's great. Um, one other uh, question for you. Now, you you mentioned about backing up, and I have a Seagate two terabyte backup plus slim. When I run it on my one desktop and ask it to. Uh, to stop it and to eject it. That's no problem. And, you know, I go to the sistray and... It's All right, hold, hold on, hold on. We got to take a break. Okay. S- stay on the line and we'll get to your question when we come back, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, Ed from Central PA, and you. It is 29 minutes after the hour. You are listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That would be Sound Bites right here on the Truly Great and truly grateful to you that we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Computer talk you can understand. More Sound Bites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Henry. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 34 minutes after the hour, we are Sound Bites. And we still have Ed from Central PA on the line. Go ahead, Ed. Okay. Hey, thanks. Yeah, what I was asking about, as I said, I had a Seagate uh, Backup Plus Slim, which I used to back up my computers. Now, on my one computer, when I go to SysTrade to eject it, no problem. It uh, says safe to eject, and the little light goes out of the Seagate, and I can hear the disk stops running, so I unplug it. Now, on an older desktop I have, it says safe to eject, but the light stays on the unit, and it still keeps spinning. Now, I've heard you have to be careful, you know, about ejecting these, because if you don't do it right, you can damage them. Right. What I, I, I have heard, that it's always safe to just turn off the computer, and then you can disconnect the you know, Seagate. But... Well, power down the computer safely, not just turn it off. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, now, I'm wondering why that is the case with these two computers. Like on the one, you know, it, it does stop the hard drive, on the other, it doesn't. Are they both running exactly the same version of Windows? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> is it possible that one is slower than the other? Well, one is 64-bit. The uh, older one is 32-bit. It may simply not actually... Okay, okay, this is a Windows thing. Windows sometimes lies to you. I know that's a shock. I hope you weren't driving. I, I, I agree with you. So it is very possible that Windows says it's safe to remove that drive, and it is not yet safe to remove that drive. It may still be writing or doing the cleanup uh, work that it needs to do. Have you waited longer to see if the light ever does stop? Um, a bit. Now, one thing you had said, Steve, like on, on this newer one, you know, it says safe to remove, but it's like just a couple of seconds before the, the Seagate actually, you know, stops. 
But right. on the other one, um, I've waited like a minute, but I don't know. Maybe I have to wait several minutes. Well, it depends on, on, on a lot, okay? First, it depends on how much data you're moving. Uh-huh. Um, secondly, it depends on the speed of the computer. Uh-huh. Because remember, um, while the drive is the same, all the activity that the drive is doing, including updating the, the um, directory and all that stuff, is actually being done in the computer. Uh-huh. So if that's slower on one machine than another, it will take longer. Mm-hmm. It could also be, and I run into this a lot on, on, on my Mac, that something is still using the disk, um, and so it isn't safe to eject. And I get this message all the time, Finder can't eject the disk because it's in use. And what's really, really annoying is it never tells you what program is using the stupid thing. So and the amount click. of memory also in yeah. both of the machines. So usually when that happens, I end up shutting down the computer. Cause, all right, nothing's in use now, darn it. Right, right. <laughs> okay, all right. Hey, thanks for your time. Yeah. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. So, bye-bye. Yeah, we... Uh, we Could be something in the USB mass storage controller on the right. other computer. Um, we're delving into Arcana here tonight. Yeah. Uh, today it's it, batteries and and uh, hard drive uh, directory stuff is is in general um, dark voodoo and uh, it, it, often the answer is gotta wait because there's no way to tell exactly what's actually going on under there and uh, uh, different operating systems work in different ways and do different things and yada 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 and so um, you often have to. Just uh, uh, by guessing, by gosh, the thing. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Bob from Henrietta, New York. Hi, Bob. What's up? Good afternoon. Uh, just a general question. When are people going to realize that battery technology just isn't there yet? I don't care if you're talking about computers, phones, cars, whatever. We don't have efficient battery technology yet. It's Stop true. Trying. It's got well. It's it's gotten significantly better. We used to we used to have lead acid batteries in our portable computers and they lasted for an hour. Right now we have lithium batteries and they last for ten hours. So so we're getting a lot better and a lot more efficient. Yeah, but I got a lead acid battery in my car. Granted, that's too heavy for portable use because it doesn't need to be portable. I there, yeah, replace it in ten years. Right. Right. That's absolutely because right. Because you, you only use it for five minutes a day when you start your car to go to work and when you start your car to come home. Right. You use it for 10 seconds a day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yes, and and the problem is, uh, in many ways, battery technology is not kept up with other technologies. If they That's had... Long yeah, yeah. If, you know, so um, they're getting better. There's, there's new batteries that, uh, uh, instead of using... Um, so many rare and uh, conflict and and uh, toxic elements. Uh, they have a battery now that works on salt, uh, and it's in the lab, but it's promising. And so um, companies it's have promising to cost us a lot of money. Well, that's a large part of it, right? I mean, the the reality is that Initially, these people aren't yeah. going to right. These people aren't going to do anything that doesn't make them money. And that that, that kind of is where the money is these days in, in material science, so right? If if you're a young person looking at college or looking at careers, try to get into material science. If you can, if you can come up with a new battery, you're going to make a fortune. <laughs> well, and and let's or, face it, one of the things that Elon Musk is putting a lot of money into 
is battery technology yep. for yeah. Tesla and for his rockets. So, um, no, Musk is putting taxpayer money behind that. Yeah, well, well he's, some are, but he's he, selling his product to a company, and uh, to, right. and NASA is buying some of his capability. Right uh, on the but, rocket side, but yeah. on the on the Tesla side, um, uh, he's putting the money in so that he can sell. Uh, longer. Le- One of the problems that everybody has with with electric cars is range anxiety, yep. which is ludicrous because electric cars these days get the same or more range than any gas powered car around. But and, that's a separate. And most issue. people drive less than twenty miles a day most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, for, for the one trip you do need four or five. Then you rent a hours. car. Yep. There, there's yeah, really. there's solutions out there. You don't. You know, uh, the average person, uh, look, I, I looked at the statistics for Uber drivers. The average Uber driver drives seven uh, trips a night and an average of five miles a trip. Yep. You're not going to wear out an electric battery in that amount of time. Not for any car above a Twizy. Yeah. So, um, as and how as, many vacations do you actually take in a one-year term? Right. Most not everybody can use an electric car. I get that. But for the people who can, range anxiety is a, is a non-issue. Mm-hmm. And the other yeah. thing, too, though, is when people go on vacations, quite often they're traveling by plane or train and then renting a car. Right. Because you know, I just think yep. before we, everybody tries to do everything electric and portable, wait for the technology. Yeah. Well, then, then we're always waiting. It'll, right. uh, every, everything we have will always get better, and that's that's yeah. the, that's the nice right. thing about it. In my case, I was looking at electric cars, and, and Lord knows I'm going to drive my car into the ground. But if I were to get an electric car, I wouldn't need to charge uh, in public ever. I would put a charger in my home, mm-hmm. a, a level two charger, uh, which would let me charge overnight from empty if I got there. Uh, but generally speaking, I don't drive 30 miles in a day. So I could charge once a week and still have plenty of charge left. Well, and that's where they're also coming out with the technology now of turning your roof on your car into a solar panel, which then turns around and keeps that charge in the battery. Aptera is doing that. Every surface on the car is is it. And a friend of mine who lives in the middle of nowhere – uh, his wife wanted an electric car, so they put a, a solar farm in the back 40, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it, they're charging that car costs them exactly zero. I've got a customer that just put a solar farm in in the back 40, so I had to figure out how to run a 1,000 foot of Ethernet. Well, there's a, company, <laughs> yes. Yes. there's a company right here in Rochester right now that is selling solar roofing. Yep. So instead mm-hmm. of having the solar panels, the roofing material is a solar panel itself, and you install it, and you get the tax credits, but you're you know then off the grid. I agree with you, Bob. Battery technology isn't entirely there yet, but for most people, it's there enough. So it depends yeah, entirely on your use push. case. But there's a big strong push to push it on everybody. Well, that's up to you, Bob. I, I mm-hmm. mean, if you if you watch well, television and start dialing up and buying those turnip twaddlers, that's on you. Well, think, uh, they're always going to push you to buy things. What you have to do is resist if th- it's not for you. I, I think so. California has was it by twenty thirty five? All vehicles have to be electric. Right. I think that's a little 
That's a little overreaching. Over, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Having a choice to buy that turnip twiddler or not. Anyways, I just wanted to point out maybe we ought to slow down until the technology is ready. Well, yeah, I don't disagree. Technology is one thing that never slows down. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, thanks. Have a good day. You too, yep. Bob. But I, I agree. You know, we're seeing a lot of places putting in uh, electric car chargers, um, and uh, and they work pretty well. Um, What's uh, frustrating is that every brand car has their own charging plug. We don't have well. Any, most of them have J one seven seven. They're starting to work on, or on or whatever uh, that number is. Starting on standards. Yeah, I drive by Eastview Mall every morning, and there's the you know the charging station out in front. Right. With you know, I can see the different colors of the different charging stations on which one you have, would have to go to for your right. brand of car. Right. And the one thing, though, I disagree with them, though, as far as the, the cell phones. The cell phones, the problem there isn't that the technology isn't there. They just keep trying to make the cell phone slimmer. Right. Mm-hmm. If they and give it an extra it, eighth of an inch. Yeah. If they made it a little bit thicker. To make that battery hold a little more capacity because folks are using their phones so much more yep. than before. They're watching videos or they're, you know, listening, streaming their music all day long and everything else. They need that battery life. Yep. And making it thinner makes no sense anyways because usually most folks are putting a protective case on it. Right. Well, I blame Steve Jobs. If It, it was never thin enough. Ever. Anything he made was never thin enough. Johnny Ive. Yeah, okay, Johnny so Ive. Because when, when he left, everything started getting thicker. My laptop got thicker and added ports back after Johnny left. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah. All right, we'll blame Johnny Ive. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, if you have a phone that lasts three days or a phone that lasts one day, I'll guarantee you the difference is the thickness of the phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that's just the way it is. The battery life, yeah. yeah. And, and the usage. Yep. Uh, and the same with laptops. Um, you know, y- you're right, Steve. If you've got a laptop that's that's thin enough to make Johnny Ive happy, it has no battery life. Yep. Um, but there's there's a there's a limit to what people are willing to accept in their daily lives. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna teach a class, I'm generally on battery, and so two hours of battery is probably enough for you know a two hour class. But if I'm teaching two or three or four or five classes, now I need a 10-hour battery. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's a very different uh, – it depends on your lifestyle. And the same is true of electric cars. Mm-hmm. If you run around the, the city all day uh, and charge in your driveway at night, in your garage, whatever, you uh, an electric car will do you just fine. Mm-hmm. If you're the sort of person who constantly takes long trips, yes, you cannot have an electric car at this time. Oh, well. Now, on the other hand – uh, there's a there's a company called Canoe C A N O O that's making some new cars and and one of them is just it's gorgeous the inside has uh, uh, a U shaped seat on the inside it's gorgeous anyway the point is it's got a, there, because there's no engine the front is glass well transparent it's hmm. plastic it's laminate it's, it's you know glass so already uh, delivery people are saying I got to have that. Because they often have to pull right up to a another vehicle on a, on the curb, or they have to pull up to a, a wall somewhere, and the ability to see exactly what's in front of you, so you don't run over a kid or a dog or you know whatever, 
uh, is a very good thing, and they're loving that idea. And that's an electric car, and they've done the they've done the math that mm-hmm. says I can do a full day's run on a full day's charge. We were just talking about this this morning in, in our office that uh, it's kind of like the horse. You know, hundred years ago, everyone had m- multiple horses and different kinds of wagons, um, and now. Uh, horses are only for you know uh, luxury items that you go ride once in a while. Right. Um, we'll, we'll probably end up seeing that with cars. That even 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 today in big cities, a lot of people don't own cars because public transportation is enough. But personal ownership of cars um, is probably going to go down because if you need to get somewhere, there's either going to be public transportation or you call up whatever Uber becomes and 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 go to where you need to go and. If you are going to take that two-week vacation, you rent a, rent a car for that week. Well, and, it's and traditional ownership of cars is going to be the, the enthusiasts with the hot rods in the garage. Right. Just like the people have the horses in the barn now. And, and, and we see that if you take a look at a lot of older uh, television shows that, you know, I mean, shows that happen in the past. Mm-hmm. People have a horse. Yeah. And where do they go? They go within horse distance. Yep. And if they need to go farther, they either have a buggy. That they hook the horse up to, or they rent a buggy, or they get on public transportation buggies that take them farther. Yeah, and it it's the the thing that's changed in the world is that horse distance has gotten farther and farther and farther. Yeah, because the horse of today, the car, can go farther and farther and farther. Well, there's still all uh, an alternative in between. You know, whether you want to go electric or gas, it's just the hybrid where you can right. have both of the both sides of the world, right. you know, run on electric and then, it, oh, if For I 30 miles, to, yeah. yeah, go farther. You know, if I'm driving city, it runs off the battery. Was it, yeah, if was it gets it the, going on an expressway, it jumps up to the engine. The Chevy was a Chevy Volt or Chevy Bolt that was doing that. It, yeah, it had yeah. it had like a small three cylinder engine that ran the generator that made the electricity that it drove on. Right, and um, that makes sense yeah. too. Was it uh, the big train company uh, Conrail? Conrail. They talk about they 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 uh, a one gallon of fuel can drive a hundred ton train car a hundred miles because it's diesel electric. They have a big diesel motor generating electricity, and the train actually runs off the electricity. Right, right. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Joe from Cheek. Chicago, New York. There we go. What's up, Joe? So, well, a couple things I'm thinking of. One is the guy with the laptop and the not-so-well-performing battery. I would say get as many batteries as you can. With the proviso that you can easily swap them, get as many batteries as you can afford because... I, I just love it when you can use a device on battery while another one's charging. So, you know, your battery's going dead. You yep. swap that out for the one that's been charging. Yep. It can run for a good long time. Yeah, I used and, to have a phone um, that you could swap the battery and Remember those? And I had oh, uh, yeah. I had two charging devices, yeah. one at work and one at home, and a spare battery. Boom. Yep, I get it. The other thing I wanted to say is you, you've talked often in the past couple of weeks about uh, donating to software uh, authors uh, because it encourages them to uh, keep on keeping on. Uh, another thing I would say is please consider um, donating to what you might call public sites of the Internet. For example, I have personally donated to archive.org, 
yep. and the Wikimedia Foundation. Yep. You, you know, they say that so few percentage of people donate to that, you know, I could envision where they're in danger of not being able to operate anymore. Think of the scale of Wikipedia and what it must cost to maintain and actually do the service. Yeah. It's like, please, please, just like you considered donating to WGMC, consider donating to those uh, sort of public utility websites. I, I completely agree. I also uh, contribute to both of those. And Jimmy, what's his name? Jimmy from Wikipedia. Jimmy something. Jimmy Wales. Well, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Wells. Yeah. Jimmy Wells. Um, he seems kind of almost pathetically grateful when I do get that. Oh, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's so wonderful. Uh, but that, that yeah, kind of a down. That is kind of a downside. Once they have your email address, they please, please, please. But yeah. if, thankfully for those two in particular, they don't do that too often. Right. 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 Uh, so yeah, and and Joe is completely correct. Um, we all want everything to be free. Believe me. I get that. And we all prefer everything to be free. Believe me, I get that. But things ain't free, folks. Uh, and a few bucks here and a few bucks there from everybody means a lot to these people. Good points, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Thanks. Have fun. Yeah, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't, look, if you don't use archive.org or you don't use Wikipedia, then there's no reason for you to uh, contribute to them, except for altruism. Uh, and very few of us are at all altruistic anymore. But if you are a user of those things, it's in your own best interest. Why wouldn't you contribute? If you use them, you want them to stay up. If you want them to stay up, contribute. That's kind of the way that works. Um, and so he's it's no he's, different than the share or the shareware, you know, or right. It's no different than this station. Yeah. If you want us to stay on the air, you contribute. Yeah. If you don't care, then don't contribute. And when same, we're gone, same. don't complain. Same, 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 same. So, um, yeah, if you, as you're wandering around the internet, if you have the, the chance to throw a few, and we're not talking 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, we're talking 10 bucks, five bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, every little bit helps. E- even in these parlous economic times, pretty much everybody can afford five bucks somewhere along the line, and it doesn't it doesn't uh, hurt to share the wealth a little bit if you've got it. So I've been making my coffee at home for two months now, and I should be a billionaire, right? Yeah, you should be by now. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And you've stopped t- uh, uh, having avocado toast. Yeah. So yeah, you're good to go. Absolutely. Why don't I own my own house yet? Right, right. Um, yeah, right now the bank owns like ninety percent of my house. <laughs> been there, done that. I told you how angry I got. I got, uh, you know, you got the coupons that you had to cut out and and yep. send in. And I got a book with one coupon on it, and I started. I was so angry because I knew they would made a mistake. They sent me some bad book. Yep. It took like 10 minutes for my wife to get through to me that this was the last payment. <laughs> so I went from really angry to really happy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. I nice. only got three more years. Nice. Three more years or three more payments? Three more years. Three more years. Well, you haven't moved in 30 years, right? <laughs> well, that's just it. I, yeah, I moved into that house in 1982. So do the math. 40, 41 years this year. Wow. Uh, for just past 40 because we moved in December 12th. Of, now, uh, what year was your house built in? Eighteen, somewhere between eighteen eighty and eighteen ninety five. We're not entirely certain You're because older in than those, mine. yeah, in those days the records were not necessarily uh, exact. 
but it's it's somewhere in the uh, late 1880s, early it's somewhere around 1890, give or take five years. Well, I was going through the uh, my file drawer, you know, getting taxes stuff ready, yeah. and I happened to find the old survey map because my house was built in 1928. Yeah, and they show the farm fields. Yeah, and the reference points that if you if I was to go up by Donuts Delight. There's a marker there that would then, you know, they use for survey points, but how all that north was farm country and they show a, like a dirt path going that way. It's right. like, whoa. What's really interesting is at one point, the, the one house on, in, uh, in the field was built around 1880. Then about six, seven years later, they built another house. And then apparently they got confused as to which was which. <clears throat> Some years they're left right and another plat they're right left. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know if they renumbered things or I don't know what they did, mm-hmm. but so we don't know which one is our house. So, um, <laughs> fine. And then at one point they discovered that most of our neighbor's fence was on our property because uh, somebody screwed up the the survey. survey. It's just it, you know when you get the really old 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 houses like that, yep. you know it's forty paces from the oak tree. Well, there's yeah. been an oak tree there in hundred years. <laughs> that fell down decades ago. Exactly. So you know that's uh, that's okay. We're you know we're we're cool about it. We don't mind. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the way that works. Um, we we still have uh, I, what really makes me angry is we have servant's quarters in the attic and i haven't found that servant in 40 years <laughs> i don't know where he or she is but i'm a little angry about it hiding because there's some dusting that needs to be done all right that's it that music tells us that uh, this show is done for the week it's another show in the books that's right you've been listening to two solid gold hours of sound bites uh, but we're done for this week i want to thank dave enright i want to thank steve ray I want to thank every one of you who called in. I'm Nick Francesco. And again, you've been listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Soundbites, right here on the Truly Great. And truly grateful to you that we are member-supported. Jazz 90.1. If you're free, uh, hop on over to soundbites.org slash lounge tomorrow night at 9 o'clock and join us there. Otherwise, we will see you in just 166 hours. Be good to one another, will you?